Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of minus 4 degrees in Edmonton, minus 11 degrees in Saskatoon, and minus 2 degrees in Toronto. 11 days until Christmas. That was very professional. Good job. Morning, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Go and download the Podbean app, search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show, and, and join in live. Uh, Please do. You got free access to, you know, to join in on the chat, to call into the show, and ask any questions that you want about real estate investing for free every morning. Zero excuses. You got free coaching right here. Uh, you just got to reach out and take it. That's all. Yeah. Um. Did a post yesterday on Facebook. I think a lot of those people really should be listening to the show. Uh, which post? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Boy, oh boy. It just, it, my frustration continues um, with the industry and just how no one knows how to do the math. It's so frustrating. Um, and this isn't like a, I, you know, this isn't my ego talking. Like I'm the only smart, I'm the, am I the only smart guy in this room? Am I the only <laughs> one that knows what the fuck he's doing? But it's getting pretty close. Like it's a simple question. The simple question was, how do you get $10,000 a month in cash flow? But no one can answer it. It was, it was actually, I don't even know why I did it. It's just like, it just made me so angry and not angry, frustrated with the fact that like, there's a lot of smart people, you know what I mean? A lot of smart people that, you know, could have answered or, or did answer and just not answering the question. You know, anybody can say, oh, you want $10,000 a month in passive income then buy 5,000 apartment buildings. It's not a fucking answer. <laughs> How do you buy 5,000 apartment buildings? OPM. Okay. How much OPM? This much. Okay. How are you going to get that OPM? Other people. It's not an answer. And, and, and you know, and, and, you, and we wonder why no one ever reaches it. You know what I mean? Because there's no plan. Nobody has a plan. It's the blind leading the blind. It's so frustrating. But anyways... 6.03 a.m., folks. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so, fuck. Woo. Like, there's some people there. I'm like, come on. Like, work with me here. Come on. I would buy an apartment building with all cash. Where are you getting the cash from? Well, I like to buy the cash. Okay. Where is other people getting this cash from? Borrowing it. What do you mean borrowing it? There's a cost to borrow it. So therefore, you need a bigger apartment building or more apartment buildings. I, You know what? Um, free coaching call today to anyone who can explain to me thoroughly, thoroughly how to get to $10,000 a month in passive income. Thoroughly. The bar is set pretty high. Free coaching call today to anyone who can call in or not call in, just, just put in the comments. Let's make a huge fucking comment there. <laughs> Take up half the screen. <laughs> Joey is here with us this morning. Good morning, Joey. And Kyle says it's going to be a good show. Wayne is fired up. I didn't sleep. And Matt says that was a dope rant. You tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Matt Cassidy. Yeah. Morning, Matt. Um, I just want people to reach their goals. But it's just it's 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 ignorant. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't say I want ten thousand dollars a month and then be like, I'm gonna buy a bunch of buildings. What That's how many buildings? Yeah. What's the plan? And I only say this from experience. I say this from experience because I've been in the industry long enough to hear enough of these fucking schmucks saying that and then never reaching it or quitting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've been around long enough to see it. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Who else is here this morning? <laughs> Let's see. Who do we got here? Woo. Kirsten. Good morning, Kirsten. We have Scotty in the house. Kyle, Don, Leo, Eric. Good morning, all. Matt, Denis. We have Crispy saying great day, everyone. A great day to you, too. Great day to you. We have Cody. We have John and Carlos. Sheila and Jeremy. Garrett. Courtney. Matt. Paul. Ken. Whew. Take a breath, Gab. This is like holy and all these comments already. I think you also got them fired up. Hey, Good morning, uh, Taylor. So one thing I want to do after the uh, commercial break here, I'm not hopping into a commercial break already. You got a couple more minutes, don't <laughs> um, One thing I want to do today, Gab, before I forget, is um, I want to introduce us. Um, we've been doing this a while, and most of the people that listen live um, know who we are. There are a few new faces that come in from time to time, but there's also new people that listen to the show on a regular basis that I just kind of forgot about. And um, uh, if, if they didn't, uh, we, we should introduce ourselves a little bit. For sure. Who we are and what we do and that kind of stuff. So that way um, they don't just think that there's just some crazy middle-aged guy just like ranting. Yeah. Starting the show off with what, with what grinds <laughs> his gears. By 6.03, you had already dropped like eight F-bombs and, and like finished the majority of your rant. Fucking way she goes, Gab. Fucking way she goes. Fucking way she goes. Okay. Um, yeah. So I want to do an introduction today. I want to do that uh, upcoming events. We don't have much upcoming events except for Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Christmas uh, is December twenty fifth. It is. In case you didn't know. <laughs> um, what did we talk about yesterday? Um, I don't know. Okay. We talked about something, and then we answered Eric's question about um, utilities at the end. How to crush your goals, real estate goals in record time. We talked about campaigns. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Um, here, you know, I'm going to answer a question really quickly. And I, uh, Joshua... I don't necessarily know if I'm going to be able to answer this question thoroughly for you because this is uh, we spend like half a course working on this. But Josh asked, how do you estimate renovation budgets when analyzing deals? Uh, take it away, Gab. <laughs> we did do an entire full day course on this. Um, not, I guess the whole course wasn't specifically on, on how to estimate the cost, but a, a good majority of it was. And um, I think that a lot of it, unfortunately, will come with experience. But a great way to start out, I think, personally, is to go get quotes. Mm -hmm. Like, literally have a bunch of contractors come in and get you quotes so you can see this is what it's going to cost if I hire somebody come in to come in and to handle all the materials and to do all the work. And then you can work it back if that's not your case. If you're not just hiring somebody to come in and do it all, you can work it back and say, well, I'm doing the labor, so let's take out the labor cost. And if you're buying the materials, then you need to start sourcing them out and seeing what they're all going to cost. Yeah. Wayne has his own equation of how he does things because through experience of doing, you know, first few flips that we did, we got a really good kind of like base number of what all of the basic materials cost when you don't go above and beyond on anything. When you just buy all your flooring, your paint, your baseboards, your new kitchen, and... um you know, the basics. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a really good understanding of what all of those like innards cost. And then we start adding on the quotes of what a brand new roof is going to cost if you need it, what a brand new furnace is going to cost if you need it, hot water tank, all of those like kind of big ticket items, windows. Um, so Wayne, do you want to dive deeper into that? Nope. That's it. I answered it 
enough? No, you, you answered it perfectly. Okay. I think um, the way to, the best way to estimate is to is to get lots of quotes, yeah, and to familiarize yourself with it. That's the only way you're going to be able to familiarize yourself with self, yourself with it without actually doing it. Yeah. Um, the more you get comfortable looking at it, the more quotes you have in front of you, the more you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, it's quite clearly this cost this because that's what everybody quotes it for. If you want to do the labor yourself, just ask them to um, separate the the labor and the materials costs um, on their quotes. So that way you can you know reduce things to like, oh, okay, well, if I'm going to do the painting, then it'll cost me, I'll save this, right? Um, Josh, also go out to, um, Gabby and I started doing fix and flip meetups um, last year. And so basically, instead of holding networking events at like, O2s or, or whatever, Mr. Mike's um, or BPs. We started holding them at some of our projects. Now, um, since then, everybody and their dog is copying it. So, you know, every weekend you can find a fix and flip meetup uh, at someone's project or someone's rental property or something like that. So um, there's no shortage of, of you know, events. events, people holding these little meetups where you can just go there and ask questions. Um We'll start holding them again come uh, January. We're not doing any this month, but we do want a, one a month. Um, next month, we'll have another one, and you can come on out and ask any questions about, like, hey, how much did it cost to paint this place? Hey, how much did it cost for your contract to do all the labor in here? How much did it cost for flooring? And we'll uh, we'll answer those questions. Or what you can do is just every morning say, hey, how much is flooring of LVP uh, installed cost? Just ask every morning, right? But uh, to give you a, a a full you know renovation budget, it, it, there's it's always going to depend. It's always going to it depends. Um, but eventually, what you'll do is you'll come up with your own like, magic number or whatever. Um, some people they go uh, cost per square foot, um, and that can range. I've seen so many so many different numbers, uh, anywhere from sixty dollars a square foot to. $90 a square foot, depending on quality. Um, and then that will also depend on, uh, I guess just like it, it's changed a lot because the renovation materials have gone up significantly in the last couple of years. So um, Gabby's advice was much better. Yeah. And also don't take those silly cost per square foot numbers because you have no idea what materials those people are using, what kind of finishes are being done. Like that is such a silly number to go by. I get that if it can give you like kind of a baseline, sure. If you're looking for just like a not accurate, but kind of like ballpark, that mm -hmm. that's okay. But man, like Wayne and I could do a renovation and um, pick a name. Uh, Matt and Taylor can do a renovation. They're looking to pick up a flip. And we could be renovating the exact same house and be like $30,000 difference in what we spend because of what we decide to touch and not touch, because of what materials we decide to use, because of what appliances we decide to do, if we decide to do the exterior or not. Like there's so many factors. So you can't just take a, a, a standard baseline number and be like, okay, this is this many square foot. It's going to cost me this much money. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really work that way. Um, someone was asking how much is flooring LVP installed cost. Um, so the material on average, if you want to get a good, uh, minimum five millimeter, um, LVP, you're looking at minimum $3 a square foot. Most people, if you go, if you go and get retail price, you're looking at like three twenty-five. Um, if you're lucky, you might get it down to three bucks a square foot. Um, don't go by price, go by quality. Um, uh, scratch resistance, thickness, etc. So, uh, for a, a good quality LVP um, at five mil minimum, you're looking at about three twenty-five per square foot, and then depends on your contractor, but anywhere from a buck fifty to two dollars a square foot to install. So, I, I'd, I'd for a nice even number, I'd say about five dollars per square foot installed. Um, that could be plus or minus, you know, whatever deals you get and whatever relationship you have and, and however much you're paying your installer. Mm -hmm. um, so another question was, what's a good carpet installed price as well? And what ounce do you use and what size underlay? <laughs> Great questions. <laughs> um, 
uh, carpet installed a little over three bucks a square foot installed. Um, and that's builder grade carpet. Um, and then I have no idea what to use for underlay, probably something cheap. Uh, it's a decent underlay pad. They, I don't think they use the cheapest. They use just like a medium range underlay. Um, and yeah, it's just builder grade. You want me to pull up a quote? I mean, you can if you want. Yeah. Um, how about we take a little commercial break? I pull up a quote and see if it's on there. Sure. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. We're back. Uh, no, now we're back. Oh, now we're back. Um, Wayne, before you go into that, I just want to, um, I guess, like preface this with the again like these numbers can really range and if you're somebody walking into their first flip and you don't have any relationships and you don't have any you're just like walking into home depot and and buying the lvp that you find there it's going to be expensive and like you used to be able to buy lvp for like just over two bucks and now it's like a cheap lvp is just over three bucks yeah. and like a decent lvp is like over four bucks a square foot but you know like going into the flooring shops and searching around and doing the research and building connections and over time you're going to find much cheaper prices mm -hmm. um so the like that price of lvp the you know like just over three bucks and then you know 150 to two installed that's you know if you can if you can find yourself a decent lvp and then getting it installed by your contractor it's hard to answer these questions because it can range like massively right yeah so i don't want somebody to be like oh you're paying way too much for lvp like my guy gets it for this 100 percent. that was i, I yeah. heard that as i was saying it i was answering the question i can hear someone saying like oh, they're way overpaying for their lvp just, ha, ha, ha. just trying to set like, your expectations because yeah. i don't want to say what i pay and you're like and then you go into the carpet place and you're like shaking your finger at them like oh, I deserve, or better. trying to find a diamond in the rough that doesn't exist because you haven't built a relationship or you haven't, yeah. Do you know what podcast I listen to? <laughs> I just Anyways, I could hear it too, and I wanted to clarify that. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I just want to set your expectations, guys. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we uh, guess what? We get uh, underlay for free. They don't Oof. charge us, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much we pay. Um, uh, luxurious elite pad. So it must be good. That's all I know. It's 90 square yards and we get it for free. It's included in the price. So, um, yeah, uh, this, this industry, you know, Gabby's right. You know, uh, as it's built off you, relationships, it is built off relationships. You, and heck, even after we'd done a lot of projects, you know, we still go in there and we're, we're, we're still fighting you know, to get a decent price. Um, you can't just walk in there and say, I'm a contractor. Like you really have to show them that you're, you're, you're worth and your value. Um, this industry is, uh, you got to know somebody or, or you got to blow somebody. Whoa. That's what you got to do. If you want good prices, <laughs> if you want good prices, Gabby, fucking way she goes. Uh, okay. When trying to price out a renovation on of the main floor and adding a suite in the basement, do you typically double your base rental cost? Uh, yeah, basement suites, a whole different thing. Yeah. There's just a different cost because you're adding in a second furnace. Um, well, you're, you're literally taking a concrete square and adding in everything. You're trenching uh plumbing you're adding electric electrical throughout when you have a main floor suite that already exists all of the bones are there half yeah. the time you're not even taking the drywall off maybe some of it but it's a totally different uh 
yeah uh, you know what um um building a, a basement suite or a secondary suite um is on my list of workshops to do next year um i was just recently talking to johnny five i said johnny for the love of god i need you to help me do a workshop and he's like eh, i'm kind of busy <laughs> and i'm like johnny don't fucking start with me <laughs> he's like uh, i don't know i'll think about it just playing so hard to get i'm like johnny like you're literally doing one right now i haven't done one in a few years this stuff is not fresh in my mind i need you to do a workshop with me i think he's just trying to get a better offer yeah <laughs> totally that guy. guy fucking guy <laughs> but anyways it's on my list because um you know generally i would just say you know a few years ago hundred and forty thousand dollars. most people if you try a little hard try a little bit you can you can do a basement suite and an upstairs renovation like take a bungalow in the edmonton calgary area take a bungalow renovate upstairs put a suite in downstairs in decent quality with laminate countertops for about 140,000. Someone who's good at it would have been able to do it for 120 to 125 like we were doing. Um, but like I'm seeing quotes of like 190 these days. Now, don't get me wrong. Like not every quote is, is, is created equally. Um, but the cost of building materials has gone up significantly over the last few years. Mm -hmm. So I am, I am due to upgrade, not upgrade, update my numbers. Um, I haven't, I haven't looked at it. I haven't, uh, I haven't asked one of my guys to price it out. Um, I'm just not looking at that right now. I, the market, the reason why we stopped doing it was because the market didn't support it anymore. Um, there wasn't, and the, the deals didn't make sense anymore for us to do it. Um, we are coming around a corner right now with a potential opportunity for it to be a good idea again because the prices have gone down yeah um but there needs to be a minimum spread and with the cost of renovating them going up it just it didn't make any sense for the whole burr strategy adding secondary suites anymore yeah um but i, I, I might revisit it in the future i think um, also as the financing landscape changes um you can you have to take that into consideration as well you know if more and more uh banks are saying we won't refinance you for a year are you yeah. okay having a hundred and two hundred two hundred thousand uh, yeah thousand dollars <laughs> locked up for one year not being able to access and get that money back that's pretty crazy yeah and then only getting yeah 190 of it 180 of it back yeah and then if they you know will only refinance you for <laughs> you know 60 70 percent loan to value instead of 80 or that's not that's not true no, I know I'm saying like these are all considerations as we listen to different like rules coming into place. Like mm. you need to you need to keep your finger on the pulse and hear what's happening. And not all banks are saying you need to hold it for 12 months. There's still banks that'll let you refinance it. So you need to know somebody to know, or blow somebody. <laughs> you need to know what's going on in the industry. You can't be naive. Because when you play dumb, when you finish that renovation, you're the one who looks like the fool. It's not like you can be like, oh, I didn't know that. Can you please just put this one through? No, you can't plead ignorance. <laughs> You're the one getting screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scotty, uh, the answer to your question is um, you got to get some quotes. Um, you can't. It's it's not that simple of just doubling, um, doubling the rental cost. Um, it's just too many things to take into consideration. Um, and then <clears throat> obviously um, the, the location of plumbing that's already in place, you know, if you got to excavate and move plumbing around stuff like that too, it's, is it already kind of like partially done where the wires are already partially ran? You know what I mean? Like how much electrical, how much additional plumbing, how much framing needs to be done? Um, is there already insulation in place? Like, can you salvage you upgrade some of the, the panel, upgrade the panel? There's just so many different uh, considerations. Um, Jeremy, uh, follow up to his LVP question. So $7 per square foot for LVP and 12 for install is reasonable. One of the quotes I got said it was a fair market value. <laughs> um, you know what? Th that that might have been, a, that actually might have been a mistake on my part. Maybe $5 is like what we get. I, I don't know. Because like, that's what I pay for it i pay three dollars per square foot for what well i don't pay three dollars per square foot but we pay less uh for lvp um but assuming that's the 
you know, average for decent quality. Um, oh, I think that like, I think that a, a contractor who is used to doing nice renovations, I think that they're probably 100% using like six or $7 per square foot LVP. Mm. Yeah, you got you gotta let them know it's flip quality. Flip, and they're probably and they're probably marking it up. Like, is this from a contractor or is this from the source? Like going to the flooring store. And did you ask for like contractor grade or did you say show me a really nice LVP? Hmm. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's let's see Carlos's funny story. We just found out our AFS, our agreement for sale owes $12,000 in property taxes. They were also planning on paying 6K of taxes up front and the rest over two years. Gotta love some sellers. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. I, I, I like those. I like those though. I mean, it's just opportunity, right? Opportunity for negotiation. Yeah, well... um. He also says that we're giving them 30K in equity, so they need to pay all the taxes on close. If they haven't paid taxes for three years, I don't think they will pay for two years. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, you don't want to really uh, give somebody the opportunity who has shown that they do not have what it takes to uphold their responsibilities and then be like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, you can pay those over the next two years. Like, clearly, they're probably not going to. Hmm. Cody's saying in the comments he's getting uh, five fifty a square foot installed for LVP. Uh, well, he didn't specify if it was installed. I asked, and I he hope hasn't so. answered. Well, it's told by a contractor, so yeah. Nope, he says no, not installed. What? Yeah. <laughs> Cody, send me a message in Masters. Yes, Cody. I'll hook you guys up with ours. Who else got questions today? Uh, it sounds like we're staying on the whole renovation secondary suite topic. I don't think it's, I don't think we need to talk about us. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. Well, I just like in, for the sake of, you know, accurate podcast titles, I don't want to piss anyone off. Uh, I clicked on this episode because I was supposed <laughs> to learn something about these guys and all they're doing is talking about secondary suites. I had to scroll through for 30 minutes until they told me what their name was. <laughs> Hi, I'm Wayne. Uh, I'm Gabby. And we're the Hilliers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ryan asks, how is tile installation usually quoted? By square foot or job? Oh God, I don't know. You kind of <laughs> do know, Wayne. Actually, you probably know better than anybody. Uh, we really dove into this uh, when we were trying to find a good tile installer. Mm. And there's a couple things that come into play here is don't go for the cheapest tile installer because tile is an art. And um, unless you have also a really, really good contractor, like that is specifically good at maybe give them a small, like maybe a, a vanity backsplash to do and see how they, how they do. Um, because... Tile is just one of those things that, you know, like if, if they don't even out the mudding, you have little like lips on the tile, like it should be smooth, it should be flawless, it should look gorgeous. And there's just so, so many little intricacies. Anybody can tile, literally. I've tiled. Anybody can tile. But that doesn't mean it looks fantastic like it should. Mm -hmm. So Definitely don't don't search out the the cheapest quote that you can get. Um, and I think that tile installers are also important to get referrals um, for. But they the quoting is very interesting because different types of tile are going to take them significantly different amounts of time. So your big like 12 by 24, easy peasy, easy to cut. If you're just talking like a shower, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Tubs around. If you're just like tiling a tub surround with those big 12 by 24s, it's just like bam, 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 bam. They they stick them up. It's easy. Yeah. But when you get into like the little mosaics and the herring bones and those types of things, also with those bigger tiles, like cutting them, like you have you have 
pretty much usually just like one cut, like you're just slicing it to size. It's like a super easy job. But those little like sheets of mosaic and herringbone, every time you cut them, it's like a really intricate cut that you're trying to get hit each specific tile, not have them move around. So you're trying to like keep them in place, not have them move around and they're chipping. So and you can only use like a third of each square and, foot. Yeah, and every time every time you cut one of them, it becomes a scrap. It's it's not like reusable. You can't use the rest of it. Like it's it's garbage. So um, you not only need way more, you need so much extra. What do you call it? Wastage. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the proper term. No, but you need so much extra tile. So you, it's uh, it costs a lot up front as well on the on the front side of it of purchasing the tile, but it's also taking them sig- significant longer, and they like the attention to it is so much more. So they actually charge a higher cost per square foot to install that, yeah. and it costs more in grout. It like everything. It it increases everything that needs to be done. So the type of tile that you're using will change what they charge. Some some guys will just come out and be like, oh, you're doing a backsplash and you're doing a shower. Okay, yeah, it'll it'll be this much. And those are the guys that you probably don't really want. You yeah. want somebody who knows, okay, what kind of tile are you using here? What kind of tile are you using here? How much, like, you want somebody who's paying attention to the details of it because they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, per square foot on average. This is normally what uh, someone would charge or by the job. I mean... I, I prefer having my guy just telling me by by the square foot. And then when I'm walking into a um, a property, you know, if it's just a standard tub surround for tile, then I can just, I know it's okay, it's this much money because I know just the standard square footage of a tub surround. Um, but if I'm going to be tiling a shower, you know, um, from floor to ceiling, um, then I, I know the cost of it and I can just quickly do a square footage in my head or on my phone and figure out the cost of it, so. Mm-hmm. Um, flooring tile, you know, like a uh, hexagonal, you know, tile will be a little bit more, more grout work, more, more labor. Uh, if you're adding a curb, it, it's a little more labor, right? So there's a standard square footage cost and then there's just like additional stuff too. So just figure out what that cost is, get a good tile installer and voila. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, there's a question from, um, Sean about how many stages of inspection does Edmonton have for secondary suites? Uh, I was thinking about that while I was talking. I was just trying to remember. Um, once you submit your permit, um, you have your rough-in inspection. So that's going to be like your plumbing and your electrical rough-ins. Um, before you can put drywall up, they want to check. Um, if you did any excavating on the plumbing, they're going to want to check all that stuff. A lot of this stuff is done like... A lot of that's like your 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 contractors will call for those inspections. Um, but that would be the first inspection. Then you put up your drywall and everything else. And then, um, after it's done, they'll do, you'll have your final electrical inspection. You'll have your final plumbing inspection. You'll have a final HVAC HVAC inspection. You'll have your final, did I go over everything? Um, Yeah. And then lastly will be your, um, I don't know what the inspection would call, basically for occupancy. So basically to close out your, your secondary suite development permit, they'll, they'll come in and then they'll check all of the, um, like the fire code stuff? Yeah, like the entire um, furnace room has to be drywalled, like every little gap around every little pipe. Ceiling height, egress yeah. windows, you know, uh, interconnected smoke detectors, all that kind of stuff. They're going to look over Railings. the fire. Railings. They'll <laughs> yeah. go over the the, the, the fire uh, fire code stuff and then like just making sure that you did everything to, to uh, you know, they'll check on parking, you know what I mean? Sufficient parking in the back and they'll just, then they'll give you your occupancy sticker. Um, to get you to get that green sticker. So, um, two for you for the development, right? The rough, basically the rough in, um, and then the final, and then every, um, individual contractor will have their own rough ins plus final inspections. Yeah. Like, um, obviously you're not going to be installing your own furnace, right? So like HVAC will come in and they'll get their, they'll pull their permit and then they'll get their inspection done. All of this is detailed in your applic. Once you do your application, you get your permit. They they explain all this in your permit. Yeah. Plus, you can just easily just call three one one and be like, "Hey, when do I call for this?" Or ask the you know if you're going down to the the city of Edmonton, um, uh, like permits office. What do they call that? I don't know. Do you go down there anymore? 
No, I don't. I no, I mean, don't. like, or is it all just online now? That's a great question. <laughs> you um, just have to go in and wait in line and sit down with somebody. And most show people them your are drawings. doing this stuff online now, eh? Yeah. Um, you can always call three one one. They'll transfer you to the the plumbing department, and you ask, "Hey, when do I get this? Or when do I? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or the uh, not the permits department, but the um, is it permits? So I don't fucking know. <laughs> Talk to Johnny. Talk to Johnny. <laughs> Take that, Johnny. Johnny's gonna send me a bill, though. Maybe. Um. <laughs> uh, any tips for Edmonton secondary suite permit applications? Uh, go to the website. It's all there. Like, I, and I'm not just saying that just to be a, you know, a turd. But it's it's literally all there. Just go to City of Edmonton or go Edmonton Secondary Suites in Google. And it'll take you right to the website and it'll give you like a, a checklist and it will give you um, a frequently asked questions and then the application. I mean, like it in order to fill out an application, it, it if you haven't done it before, it will be a little, you know, um, intimidating. You know, you do have to do a drawing, which is pretty intimidating if you've never done a drawing before. You know, you don't know how to properly label plumbing and uh, electrical outlets and all that type of stuff. Um you know, you can hire someone to do your drawings for you. Um, but if it's your first time and you're doing it yourself and you're not hiring anyone, I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to figure out. But that's just, you know, the cost of, can I say ignorance? You know what I mean? It's the cost of doing it yourself. It's going to be hard. You're going to make mistakes, yeah, especially if you're doing it online. Can you imagine doing it online, Gab? And like... Yeah. And and getting it back like three weeks later, saying that you did it wrong, <laughs> how frustrating that would be. Because yeah. when I like I've done it before, like we did it for our own primary residence, so we were able to submit the application ourselves and not have to be a contractor. And I went in, I drove down to the you know downtown, and I sat there for half an hour waiting for them to call my name. I go up and like okay, number nine, and I go up to like the plumbing guy would be there, and he's like, oh, what about this? What about this? I'm like, okay, fine. I go back and I sit down and I revise it. And, he's like, and then he calls me back up again. And, and then as soon as I'm done that, they're like, you know, the electrical, you know, building inspector guy goes number nine. And I, and then I go, I, I walk up there and let me show him this. And he's like, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. I've done this lots of times. And he's like, well, you know, it's, this is your home, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah it's my home. He's like, gives me just, they, they clearly do not want me to do this. Maybe I just didn't look like I had enough confidence. And then of course, you know, they take me down to the, yeah, you basically like you just sit there and they call you up and then you go sit down and the next person calls you up and you go sit down. It's just, it took hours. And then they finally, you know, they let you pay for the permitting fee. It's really funny. <laughs> it's funny because like they want people to build suites, yeah. increase density and to like, you know what I mean? Like they, the city wants this, so they should be helping people get through that process they don't want well can you just imagine being a building inspector um hey they chose their they chose their career they can change it don't don't (laughs) i pay their tax i pay their their wages for my taxes (laughs) you chose this (laughs) you're gonna go on like a tipping rant now too and just like why do waitresses get tips they chose their job no, it's like as a building inspector to have like pride in in your in your career, you know, and then you've got some dumb homeowner that like is hiding shit behind walls. You know what I mean? They must hear yeah. about this stuff all the time. And people not knowing what they're supposed to do. There's codes for a reason to keep people safe. Anyways, he was just he was just pushing me just to see if I knew what I was talking about. Just because you own a home doesn't mean you deserve to to renovate it yourself. Yeah my thoughts um are there any additional questions on that stuff there um ready to close inspection after offense it's as before drywall then they check the soundproofing respire requirements vapor barrier etc okay um and, and ryan agreed he says carlos the more complete and comprehensive your initial application is the better any back and forth with the city will cost you time yeah i mean because you're on you're on their schedule, right? Yeah. And if it if it takes eight, I don't I don't know how long it's taken to get an application approved these days, but you know, if it's taken eight to ten weeks and then there's back and forth on top of that, that's 
you can't do that much. Like you get to the point where it's like it's it's framed. You got your plumbing roughed in. You got your electrical roughed in. You got your you know what I mean. And then you're waiting for like eight. It only takes a couple of weeks to get to that point it's in a basement. Yeah. And then you're waiting like six to eight weeks to get your um, inspection done so you can go put drywall up. And then it's like so like you don't want to be wasting time. Yeah. When it's just sitting there empty. Yeah, it's kind of I think building basement suites. It's uh, you know, it's good to be proactive in in building a really good like renovation plan. So, you know, like first things first is getting that plan submitted so that while you're waiting, you can do your main floor renovations, you can do exterior stuff, um, like really building out a good plan of how you're going to utilize the time, because just unfortunately, that's just how it is. There's a, a long waiting period. Mm. I think it's getting shorter. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not as many people doing it in our market anymore. There was, there was a couple handfuls of people that were doing it when the numbers made sense and we were one of them. Um, but you know, for the people that were doing it, um, they're not doing it anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, the numbers got to do the math, got to do the math, got to do the math. Uh, Ken was asking about, uh, Jared's, uh, Jared's cigarette condo. Um, Jared went uh, live in the REI masters free Facebook group there yesterday. Um, did you watch it? I didn't No. Um, so he, he wanted to do a live walkthrough, which he wasn't able to, cause there was a tenant in there, but, <clears throat> Sorry. uh, apparently the tenant's been there for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been smoking for 25 years. So um, they said it was uh, it was quite intense. Uh, but uh, an opportunity. I mean, he sent me the numbers in the, the mentorship group there. And I'm like, uh, write an offer. There's there's definitely an opportunity there. Um, you know, we, we had um, that one in Leduc there that was like, yeah. sm- was really bad with smoke. Smoke and, and cat. And cats. Smells. Yeah. <laughs> and we thought that, that that smell would never go away. There was like four or five litter boxes in there that were disgusting. Yeah. 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 And we thought that smell would never go away, mm-hmm. but it does. Yeah. And for a while, actually, it, like we smelt it every time we were there until um, probably the first coat of paint. No, I think after that, like I think until all like paint and flooring and everything was th- in, I think that's when I stopped noticing. Really? Yeah. Because... um. You know, wash the walls and then the kills primer definitely helps. Yeah. Um, ozone generator was a big discussion here um, in the comments. Um, and I had a lot of people ask me about ozone generators in the last couple of days. Uh, what they do is they, they um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into the deep end of the science of it, but basically um, it kills all the oxygen particles. It replaces them with O3 particles. Um, so all the O3 particles replace the O2 particles. So basically sucks all the air out of the room. Um, nothing you can breathe. So do not turn on an ozone generator and, and get wait in there with, um, you <laughs> or don't die. leave animals in there. Yeah. You'll, you'll pass out and then potentially die. Don't leave animals. Like Gabby said, yeah. um, it, it eliminates all the O2 particles, um, or molecules, whatever you want to call it in the air. Um, because when smells, smells linger, right? They linger within the air within the molecules and the particles, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you can eliminate those air particles, oxygen particles, um, by using this because it, it, it releases O3 into the room. Um, will it cover a whole house? Well, it'll cover as much as it can reach, right? So if you put it in your basement, it will cover your basement more or less. You might have to do it once or twice. Uh, then you might want to do it in your living area. Then you might want to do it in the bedrooms, the hallway. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, these on, are the little machines. Depending on the size of the Amazon. unit, right? Yeah. And how much is pumping out. Um, and it'll tell you how long to keep it on for. Normally we'd leave it for four to eight hours. Um, and it will cover the air, but like if you have porous materials, like, um, drywall, it, it, it will be within the drywall, right? Those, those smells cannot get out. If you have couches, carpets, any fabrics, you know, those smells will be like in those fabrics. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got to remove all the carpet. You got to remove all the furniture, right? Once you've cleaned the walls, You've removed all the furniture, removed the carpet, removed all the porous materials, right? And you've ran the ozone generator a couple of times. You're still not going to notice a difference quite yet. But like once you start, you know, 
throwing the kills primer on the on the walls once you get some some paint in there it will go away eventually yeah i think that's the thing that people get tied up on is um and like i saw annette's been using one in their house as well it was also smoked in yeah um you can see where the pictures were removed from the walls there's big white spots well um, another great example is twiddle our twiddle flip same thing it was smoked in yeah for sure and we don't smell anymore yeah and um, so Annette, I saw in one of her stories, she kept turning the ozone generator on. She's like, I don't know if this is working. Maybe it's not big enough of a machine. And but like, and that's the thing is that, um, well, I mean, like you can hire people with in industrial ozone generators to go in and do their thing and you actually hire them and they do the whole thing for you, the whole treatment for you. And they're much bigger and much stronger. Or if you have one of those little units and you're moving it around the house, it's going, it's not going to get it's not it's not going to just like one day you're going to walk in there and it's gone like you need to do the extra work yeah. you need to wash the walls you need to do the kills primer but that's the thing is that it doesn't just it, like i said you don't just walk in and it's gone um but it does like once you get that paint up and like once all the old flooring is out mm. and once all the old cabinets are out like that smoke is literally living in everything yeah so once you remove everything that's being removed and you get that paint on and you've done your thing, the smell is going to get less and less and less and less until all of a sudden you have all of your new stuff in there. It's newly painted, new floors, new baseboards, new kitchen cabinets, new everything. All of a sudden you're going to forget that it was smoked in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a process. It takes time. And we're, and we're talking about smoke right now, but obviously other smells as well, any smells like food smells, um, you know, that have been around in, in that area for a very long time. Um, it will go away. Pet smells, yeah. Pet smells. Also, like I've used, uh, we've had an ozone generator for years. Yeah. We got one very early on when we started investing. And like I've used it for like cool little things. Like we had a tenant move out and unplug, unplug the fridge. <clears throat> and so I went to go check on the unit and opened up the fridge. And as you know, it's just like like death upon you. The I smell don't that, that it, um, it was in. Um, uh, I, I can't remember. It was in the Southwest community. Mm. I, all of a sudden, it, because we sold it, so now it's like oh, escaping Paisley. me. Paisley, yes. Yeah. Um, and it was just like death. Like I almost vomited when I opened the fridge. Like that smell that happens when you when it's unplugged and the door isn't left open. Yeah. And I brought the ozone generator and just left the fridge door open, put the ozone generator right beside the fridge and left it on for a couple hours, came back like gone actually i think i only left it on for an hour because i was like i'll just go run an errand i'll come back and um and and hopefully it's gone away mm -hmm. so just like little things like that it's just like you have a bad smell just like hit it and gone yeah i love that thing yeah and and you can buy you know a decent small unit for 150 200 bucks i mean that they're going to range in price from 100 to 2000 depending on the size and the output um but, you know, for just being a landlord, I'd recommend just buying like $150, $200 unit. And, you know, after a tenant moves out, you can just throw it in the main living area, just turn it on and, you know, leave. And it's on a timer. So, like, it'll turn off after the four hours. It'll yeah. it's, it'll go ding and it'll, it'll end. Um, and then the next time you're there after you're done, uh, just like tuck it in the closet for your next, you know, viewing or showing. And then, you know, after your next showing, when you're ready to leave, go put it in the bedrooms turn it on you know what i mean and the smell will be gone you know it doesn't take that much yeah um yeah it, it especially like after tenants have moved out too just depending on what kind of foods they cook and stuff like that and you know whether they've cleaned properly while they were living there i i don't i don't know i mean just even even smokers who smoke outside they have smoke on their clothes you know what i mean yeah um, alcohol. People who drink just have a weird smell. Well, I think mostly they leave their bottles hanging around for too long. True. And then before they get taken out and there's just like that kind of like sour. You're very sweet. I think that people who drink heavily smell funny. <laughs> but if you just want to blame <laughs> well, it on the bottles, go for it. They're probably sweating alcohol too. That's sure. exactly it. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like it just smells like someone who's been drinking for four days. Yeah. I don't know. Some some rentals, I walk in there, I'm just like, oh man, this is, yeah. right. So I mean, those types of smells, you don't. I mean, you don't want your new tenants to, pr prospective tenants to smell that when they're coming in. So, yeah. just having a unit, throw it in the back of your car, go drive down there. You know, after you've done your inspection with the person, turn it on. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're driving by in the area, you got someone in the area, tell them to go swing by. You know, unlock it and 
turn the ozone generator on. Yeah. Um, make sure you read the manual and, and just the safety instructions first before you use it. Again, just, you know, if, if you're trying to do it on a main floor unit and, uh, and you don't have a proper legal basement suite, meaning you sh- the main floor shares the same ventilation as the basement suite, be careful, please. So just, I just don't want someone to be like, oh, Wayne told me you flew. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, like, even if they were on separate ventilation, I don't think I'd feel comfortable turning one of those on if there was pets it's and people. It's completely separate ventilation, Gabby. Mm. Maybe. But yeah, I, I feel the same way as you. It's just like, just. Just, the, I don't know, the chance that, I don't know. I wouldn't. They're completely concealed, two separate units. Yeah, but I, I feel that like I yeah, I, I'd hate to be ignorant and just yeah. and then find out that someone got sick. Definitely. Carlo says they're a must have for Airbnbs. Oh yeah. uh sean has a little tip about the basement suite uh permitting stuff i know we're jumping back and forth but can i read that sean says one thing i learned is if you aren't sure go in and talk to someone in planning and development with your files it's usually a ghost town in there and a little in-person kindness goes a long way interesting good tip really good tip really good tip and Barry says, Febreze it. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing a little Glade plugging won't solve. <laughs> okay, but but can we be can we be serious here for a second? Because I'm really glad that you brought that you said that. I know that it was like a funny joke, Febreze yeah, it. Yeah. But I think that more and more people are super sensitive. Like I think that it's becoming general knowledge that um Febreze and scented Glade plugins, scented candles, like all those types of things are like toxic. They're bad. They're not, they're not good. They contain chemicals that are cancer causing, et cetera. And so a lot of people don't use those products anymore. And for me, if I walk into a house that has like a Glade plugin or that has like just Febreze their couch or something, I will literally die no i freak out because the smell is so strong and it gives me like an instant headache and makes me almost like nauseous Mm -hmm. and i can't like i literally can't i can't i can't sit in there i can't just like go and hang out in a house that has like glade plugins it'll like i'll go insane and i think that it also just kind of screams i'm hiding a nasty smell You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. if I were to walk into a vacant rental property, if I'm like going to like view a property that I want to live in and there's like Glade plugins everywhere, I'd be like, what are they masking? That would be my first question is what are they masking? Mm -hmm. So take that as whatever you want it to be, but I would steer clear of of trying to use that method of quote unquote for breezing it. Yeah. Because some people do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sheila was asking, can the ozone generator be used in condos? Yeah. I mean, if, if they're, this, this, uh, Gabby's going to have the same concern she's going to have if, you know, for houses with secondary suites, but if they're, if they're on their own ventilation and they're, you know, they're, um, they're com- completely contained units. Yeah. hundred percent. It's just it's, um, it's 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 releasing O3 particles into the into the air into the environment and you just want to make sure that no one is in there. Um, it makes it, first thing you'll notice is it kind of gives you like a scratchy um, feeling in the back of your throat um, and then you might get a little lightheaded um, and then uh, <laughs> we all fall down. Uh, you know, it doesn't take that much. Like you're going to, you're going to notice it before you start. Like, it's not just like you're going to faint. Like someone just came up behind you with a wet rag. Um, (laughs) uh, you're going to notice it. It's not going to feel very good. And you're like, okay, I need to get the fuck out of here. So, um, yeah, a hundred percent you can use it in condos. Um, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just, I, uh, Garrett's comment. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Gabby and Jackie walking in the moonlight and unplugging everyone's glade. <laughs> just holding hands, just frolicking. <laughs> yeah. No more glade. 
No more. Even just like store-bought candles that aren't like made from natural scents are overpowering. I, I, I caved and bought a couple thinking like, oh, these are going to be so nice. And I like, I burned a candle for like an hour and was like, yeah, in the garbage. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to finish up on some of these last questions and then we'll wrap up the show for today. Um, Kyle uh, was saying, what kind of carpet have you guys been using in your flips, color, brand, etc.? I'm finishing my basement at home and like the look of it. If it's your home, I would spend a little more um, than builder grade. Um, I mean, if you have a new home, you probably have builder grade um, carpets, but um, just go like, you probably got an end of the roll nearby there. I mean, we don't use them, but go to the end of the roll and say, I want a builder grade carpet and ask for like a smoky gray or something like that. Um, where, where is Kyle? Uh, Shashkatoon. Shashkatoon. It's ish, ish. Regina, Shashkatoon. That's like, that's like asking where Wayne is in Alberta. It's like, I don't know, Edmonton, Calgary, something like that. Yeah. Well, I was just asking, cause like if he was in Edmonton, like we can, we can tell you specifically, but I don't think that like. Calgary, we used end of the roll. I know, but he said that he likes the stuff that we're using. He liked the look of it, so he's he wants to use it. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I think it was like it was, it was called like smoky, smoky, yeah. and it's just a builder grade. And yeah, uh, like what I look for in a in a carpet for our flips is I want like I don't like light gray. I think that it looks um, dated. I think a light gray carpet looks dated, but I also don't want something like black black like too dark so i just like like a nice medium gray and when i pick out carpet i always like to actually like go in and do the swipe test so if you like run your hand along it can you instantly see like a really stark line mm. where it's gone like where you're wiped your hand it's like light and all around where you wiped your hand is like dark because you go and you like vacuum it and then you walk on it and there's just like footprints everywhere and you can see everything you can see every little like scuff and like whatever so that drives me crazy so i try to get a carpet that doesn't do that they Mm. exist um turns out kyle is a big spokesperson for end of the roll oh yeah oh okay he does not like end of the roll (laughs) i quote (laughs) fuck end of the roll he says (laughs) (laughs) well it's just like the only cheap option that we could find in calgary we use them and it, it wasn't terrible well, we've gone into end of the roll a couple times when we were first sourcing out stuff for flips and their prices were always significantly more than what we could find elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I guess in Calgary, that was just the best that you guys could find. But I know like uh, here. We, in we got a decent rate and the guy that was there, I mean, it was, it was the last place I went to. Yeah. And the guy that was there was like super chill and just like, yeah, here's the price. Like I didn't even need to, you know, play the game or whatever and come back and, yeah. you know show him my podcast and do you know who i am <laughs> and you know what i mean i didn't need I to do any of that rate. stuff yeah. he just went right to the best rate and i'm like okay that works thank you and <laughs> you know sometimes that's significantly easier yeah um if you think about it like in order to get from like three dollars to 275 you know on what let's let's be generous and say a thousand square feet is is 250 bucks in savings, right? Mm-hmm. And some people be like, yeah, it's worth haggling them down to 275 to save 250 bucks. Okay, cool. How long is it going to take you? Yeah. You're just going to sit there and stare at them in the store for two hours? Are you going to be like, well, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. And then you leave and then you come back in a few days and say, so have you thought about uh, revisiting my offer? Like, like, I went I, to these other places and they said they're going to give me this much. Like, how long <laughs> do you really want to spend on this? Like, yeah. Just like it's. What's the, what's the value of your hour or your time mm-hmm. for me? I was just like, oh, and then when he, when he came, gave me a really decent price, you know, pretty close to what we're paying in Edmonton, I was like, okay, cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You got my business done. And he was really nice about it too. Just like a nice guy. Yeah. And I asked him about like, what's his LVP prices? And he's like, ah, I don't think you want to get it from here. I'm like, all right, thanks, man. <laughs> like that is okay, way more yeah. valuable than a dollar to me. He saved me time. Yeah, for sure. Right. I love that. You don't want to buy that from here. <laughs> Hats off to chill bro over at uh, end of the roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kyle says he got bad service. I got great service. All right. We done? Yeah. I think mm, so. Tune in tomorrow and get to know all about Wayne and Gabby and their journey as real estate investors. Beep, beep, beep.
<laughs> yeah, uh, maybe or maybe not. I don't know if that's what you guys want. I, I just feel like someone is probably listening and they're taking all of our comments out of context because they don't really know who we are Fair in enough. our journey. Yeah. And um, I don't know. We'll talk about us a little bit tomorrow and like what we did and how we got here today and you get to know us a little bit better. Okay. Can I just quickly tell Kyle the brand of our carpet? I just pulled up an invoice. It's Cape Cod and it's called Smoky Quartz. So if you're able to find that in Saskatoon, that's what it is. Okay, guys. See you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 